This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 549 with Sabrina Torres. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 549. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Gemist. Get 20% off your smart subscription and get free two-day shipping when you go to gemist.com and use the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's gemist, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com, code SHAMELESS to get the best hair of your life. Hello, mamas. We have a really amazing conversation today with Sabrina Torres. Before we get started, I just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode is marked explicit because there's some explicit content as we talk about one of Sabrina's businesses, or you might just find it to be a little sensitive. So we talk about sex and sex toys, and I just wanted to give you a heads up in case you have small ears in the room. So with all that said, let's talk about our super special guest. Sabrina Torres stands out in a crowd with her unique point of view about the power of organic growth, engaging content, bold colors, and coffee, lots and lots of coffee. She started Be Truly Social, a social media marketing and sales company that helps business owners around the globe by making their social media pop in a busy online world. From her home in Nashville, Tennessee, where she lives with her soon-to-be wife, Jen, and their four children with autism, she puts her caffeinated energy to good use for her clients who range from solo startups to multi-million dollar organizations. They together also own a boutique e-commerce site, Great Democracy Tees. 
You can find Sabrina online at Be Truly Social, where she shares her free video series and her Be Truly Linked program. She's also been a featured speaker for the Elite Facebook Ad Summit, Queer Hustle, and Stonewall Inn's Give Back Initiative, as well as a contributor to the book Digital Media Marketers Sound Off. I knew I wanted Sabrina to come to the podcast to join me for a conversation when I learned that she had originally been married to a pastor and then came out gay and now is engaged to a woman. And as I learned more and more about the ways that she shows up in the world and the ways that she leads in the world, I was like, this is a conversation that we need to have on the Shameless Mom Academy. Like there's a lot of layers to being a shameless mom that Sabrina is representing here. And so I'm so grateful that she said yes. I'm so honored that she decided to share her story here. I know that you are going to see parts of yourself and parts of her story. And you're going to see someone who really struggled at times to identify where she belonged, identify where she could be safe, identify where she could shine. And here she is in all of the places, shining and safe and showing up and having big impact in the world. So with all that said, listen in to hear Sabrina share her process of coming out as a pastor's wife, how she's co-parenting with her wife-to-be Jen and Jen's ex-husband all under the same roof, how she discovered she was gay and decided to leave her marriage, the losses she experienced with coming out, why she thinks she would not be alive if she had not met Jen, and the dangers of denying one's sexual orientation, what it's like parenting four children on the autism spectrum, how her children's disabilities inspired her to become an entrepreneur, her lack of fear around sharing her identities around her sexual orientation and race versus her fear around building her sex toy business, and why she's so passionate about her new sex toy business. Oh my goodness, we cover a lot in this conversation, as you can tell. So prepare yourself. This is a good one. Thank you in advance to Sabrina for all the ways that you showed up for this conversation. And with all that said, let's welcome Sabrina Torres to the Shameless Mom Academy. Sabrina, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know this is going to be a fun conversation, and here's how I know. So we got connected through a mutual connection in a business group that we're in. But after we got connected that way, which was a few months ago now, I think, I started noticing everything that you do on social media and everything you talk about. And so in my mind now, we're best friends. And also, like, I'm your number (laughs) one cheerleader. So forgive my stalking, but I'm super excited for this conversation. Thank you. I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, I mean, when I after I do all my internet stalking, I'm always so honored that people are opening up their calendar for me because when we have a lot of things going on, I'm always thinking, hmm, there's a lot of ways this person could be spending their afternoon. So I'm just I'm really grateful that you're here. Thank you. Well, this is a pretty fun way to spend my afternoon. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. I would like to think so. I'll do my best to make it worthy of your time. <laughs> okay, so I want you to tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. So the dynamics of my personal life, that's always so interesting. So I live with my partner, fiance, soon to be wife. Love it. And the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. (laughs) I always say Nashville because people know where Nashville is. (laughs) But you know, if you say Murfreesboro, nobody knows where that is. Nashville's good for a frame of reference. (laughs) (laughs) So we live in, you know, the outskirts of a suburb. And I own one business on my own, Be Truly Social. And then my partner and I have two businesses together. 
So we're a little bit busy. And beyond that, we have all together for children with autism. Oh my goodness. So I read this in your bio and as a show for moms, I mean, I already have a million mom questions just about this one piece. <laughs> so you have four children with autism. And if I recall, three of them are your children. And then one is your partner's child. Is that correct? Yes. And what is their age range? Oh, they are, three of them just have birthdays. So pardon the <laughs> long pause yeah, while I think right, about right. that. Uh, <laughs> they are 9, 11, 14, and 16. Oh, my goodness. We're gonna, and we will dig into some of this, but I mean, just the four children in that age range is a lot, no matter what. And then when you add in some neurodiversity, there's a lot of layers there. A lot of layers, yes. Oh my goodness. And tell me with the pandemic, were they previously in school and now not in school? Or what has that been looking like? Correct. They have been home for a long year. <laughs> I am more grateful than ever for all of these special ed teachers and aides and everybody who has educated them for years because mama can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So you're running three businesses with your partner, some one on your own and then the other two together. And also not only parenting, but helping with virtual learning. Are they virtual learning? Or are you full homeschooling? They are, in theory, virtually learning. Okay. okay. Which I know for children with disabilities is like a whole different layer than virtual learning for children without disabilities. Absolutely. So that's my only question. Like, how are you doing that? <laughs> or do you even know? Well, for one thing, I am incredibly lucky. A very unique aspect to our lives is that we have a best friend slash nanny slash mm. my soon-to-be wife's ex-husband. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yes, we all live together. He takes care of my kids right now. He has taken them all for a drive. Wow. He's phenomenal as a human being and a huge help. And we basically all raise the kids together. Oh my goodness. So now I have to back up in that story a little bit. How, was that a simple transition for all of you to co-parent in harmony under the same roof? Yes. Surprisingly, she had come out, you know, before we were a couple to him. So I was never, I basically came into the family like, hey, <laughs> and we had been friends for years because of our children. So we knew each other, we were comfortable with each other. And it just was an easy transition into, you know, he was a close friend. And then it just made sense for us to all live together. Wow. I think there's a whole bunch of parents right now that are a little bit envious that you get three parents in a household. <laughs> like We're all like, wait, how do we make this happen? I know. And so many people actually get uncomfortable because this is just so unusual mm. to them, really. And my thinking is, if all kids could have this, how amazing would the world be, right? Like, I think my kids are incredibly lucky to have so many people around them who love them, who are helping to raise them. Yeah. And also looking at the way the ma the numbers work out. So he and your wife to be have one child together. You bring three more children into this relationship and he's helping co-parent all four of them. That's a big deal. Yeah. He's an amazing human being. Like, <laughs> so yeah, he just took us on and treats them like his own. Wow. What's your wife to be's name? 
Jen. So we can call her by name. Okay, so Jen, you mentioned Jen. You maybe you mentioned that a few minutes ago, and I missed it. So Jen and you will be getting married soon. Jen came out to her husband before you were before the two of you were in a relationship. Can you talk a little bit about your process of coming out? So my experience was basically like the opposite of you were also married, <laughs> right? I was. I was married. I was a pastor's wife, which is hard to believe for most people who now know me. And I got married when I was 19, very young, very naive, very much trying to prove a lot of things. And once I realized that I was gay and knew I had to end that relationship and, you know, really move on in my life, that was incredibly difficult. And it was not an easy transition at all. And it's still a a tough relationship to this day. How long were you married? I was married about eight and a half years when I came out to him. And then was when after you came out, was that immediately the end? Or did was there a phase of in between? It wasn't immediate. And there were there were other issues in the marriage. And I'm one of those people where I'm like, I will fully admit I should have left sooner. Mm. You know, I had been deeply unhappy for a long time, but it took really me falling in love to give me the courage to leave. I was very young. I had no college degree. I had three kids with special needs. Where was I going? Right. So I felt very trapped for years and stayed until I saw a way out that led to happiness. Mm-hmm. Did you always have suspicions or like feeling a feeling that perhaps you were gay or was this something that you started feeling more over time? Like, what did that look like? And how did that play into staying in a place where you felt stuck and trapped? So I grew up in a very conservative, fundamentalist, evangelical household. So like the rapture is going to happen any moment. Right. It was serious business. And I grew up in fear. So About like 13, 14 years old, I realized that I had feelings for my best friend. Mm. And I remember allowing myself once to write it in my diary and say, I think I might be gay. Oh, wow. But then naturally, my next thought was, I've been taught that gay is a choice, so I can choose to be straight. Right. So I'm just going to choose to be straight. I'm never going to think about this again. The next week, I got a boyfriend. Mm. And I just basically was dating a boy from then one to the next until I got married at 19. Like I could not let myself think about it. You were proving to yourself. Yes. I'm straight. I'm totally straight. I like guys. (laughs) I'm a good Christian girl. So it was something I never let myself think about except for that one time. When, and then what was the evolution once you were married and you had this sense of, Did you know you wanted out of your marriage or did you know that your sexuality was the reason that you wanted out of your marriage first? So I think first I wanted out of my marriage, my sexuality, kind of that awakening and realizing that I was in love with a woman gave me the courage to leave it. But I knew prior to that, that I should. And then basically Jen came out to me and she was terrified of coming out to me because I was this like pastor's wife. <laughs> pastor's wife who was it was straight as far as she knew. Yes. And like I didn't even drink. I didn't dance. Like this was like hardcore. Yeah. Committed. And so she thought she was going to lose me as a friend. Wow. And it was just like something clicked 
when she came out to me, I realized I'd spent years every time we went on like mom's nights out, I would want to sit next to her. I always wanted her to be impressed by me. I wanted to be her best friend. And I got really jealous about other people. (laughs) And I just chalk that up to like, just normal girlfriend stuff. I'd always experienced, I'd always been jealous of my best friends, other friends. I'd always been like, really into my friends, some of my friends. And intense about friendships. Mm. And it wasn't until she came out to me, I just literally, I talked to her every day since. Just something happened. Do you think that you, I'm wondering if there was within your relationship with Jen, a being seen where you felt seen finally that wasn't happening in your marriage, perhaps regardless of your sexuality. It sounds like maybe there were some layers to view not being seen that allowed you to start seeing yourself differently. Absolutely. So one of the biggest things was that she had asked me, are you happy? And no one had ever asked me that before. Wow. I didn't remember a time in my life where anybody cared if I was happy. And she was shocked. (laughs) I said, I don't know. I've never thought about it. No one's ever asked me. Nobody's, this is not a thing in my world. You know, I was taught, you know, your joy is found in the Lord to be satisfied, not happy. I was going to ask about the role of religion in happiness or lack thereof in in your upbringing, but like that wasn't probably something that she would ask you, have you ever been happy? And you were, you could think like, huh, no, I haven't. And also maybe it wasn't even on your radar, radar that that was like something you should be striving for or would be allowed to want. Right. I didn't know I could put myself as a priority. I didn't know that I was allowed to seek happiness for myself. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over one million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder. So if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And is it in that relationship that you started forming with her that then you knew that and realizing your sexuality that then you realized that it was time to leave? Yes. Which is, you know, one of those things that's sort of hard and cringy to always admit, but it is the truth. It is my truth. It is how it happened. And while I wish I had found it in myself to leave prior to that so that I could have that kind of clean break and then be in a relationship, that's not how real life always works. Why do you think that's interesting to me that you say that that's cringy? Tell me a little bit more about why you feel that way about it. Well, because nobody wants to think of themselves as that person, right? I mean, technically, I cheated. Mm -hmm. I formed a relationship with her while I was still married. That's so interesting, because I totally hear what you're saying. But like this compassionate part of my heart, and I think many of our listeners would agree, like feel so much joy that you are giving yourself permission to be happy and that you are like honoring who you really are. And it's such an interesting dynamic because I think that this is and this is like the stigma around affairs and Mm -hmm. not saying that affairs are like this amazing positive thing and everyone should have them. But they're just there's a lot of layers and it's not a black or white thing. And so when I'm listening to your story, and you're saying I know this is cringy. And I'm like, no, I'm cheering for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so it's interesting that you that difference in how I'm seeing it versus how you would have felt and probably the way that that way that you carry that story with you. Right. Yes. And I feel joy about it. But then I feel weird about expressing that. Right, right. I think that it's interesting because one of the things I have wanted to do for a long time and like no one wants to sign up for it. I'm like, I want to do an episode with women who have had affairs and it was like the best thing they ever did. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to sign up for that episode, though, because exactly you were feeling like for me, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, look at you being a strong, powerful woman. And the women who do it, who are who uh, made that choice or got found themselves in that situation are like, yeah, but (laughs) and so yeah, there's just a lot of layers to it. And I think that and this is not at all, I don't mean to say that people should be going out having affairs (laughs) everywhere. But I just think that there I just think it there is so much gray to it. Absolutely. And I think when we put it in black and white, it's it can be like, it's more damage on top of damage, right? Right. And that's not good for anyone's mental health or or moving on. So you ended up and how long ago was all of this when you left? It's been seven and a half years. Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah. So you ended up leaving you and Jen were I'm it sounds like you were together then from there on out. Yes. And tell me a little bit about what it was like after that. Like was did you just feel this new sense of 
freedom and joy and happiness? Or was it more complicated than that? Yes. I mean, of course, it was more complicated. But when I look back and think about that time, while it was incredibly difficult, it's also one of the happiest periods of my life, discovering who I am, finding a whole new community. Because, you know, when you come out of the closet, it's not just, I mean, I guess you could choose to be alone. (laughs) But really, there's this whole LGBTQ community there waiting to embrace you. And that's really what I found. And it was especially important to me because I lost you know, my entire kind of group, I lost my church, I lost most of my friends. (laughs) And I lost even some family. So while on the one hand, there's that kind of sadness, there's just this beauty in discovering who I am, and freedom and making decisions for myself for the first time in my life. I mean, I got married at 19. I was a baby. Yeah. So at 27 years old, I was just finally figuring out who I was. And, you know, it was absolutely entertaining, I'm sure, to some people to watch me have my first drink at 27. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there for, for a lot of a little happy hour to be there for that. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mostly what I remember is the happiness. Yeah. Can you imagine if Jen had not come, like, where do you think you would be? And do you think about this? What would happen or what would have happened if Jen had not been in your life or had not come into your life in the, at the time she did? I am fairly certain I would not be here today. Mm. I was deeply depressed and I think it saved my life. Thank you for, I really appreciate you saying that. Cause I think that that's exactly what people need to hear when they question people who question their sexuality or who maybe have a shift in how they express their sexuality over the course of their life to go from being married to a man to then being engaged to a woman and people passing judgment. And I think it's so critical that people understand that without the opportunity to live as who you are, the alternative is that you there's a very high chance that you would not be here. There's only so much you can suppress. Yeah. Without making yourself sick in some way. Yeah. Absolutely. When are you guys getting married? Do you know? We're going to get married this fall. Okay. Did you have to put it off because of the pandemic? No, we are actually, it's just going to be the two of us. And that's it. (laughs) We're not doing a big wedding thing. I just had to ask because I know so many people have like rescheduled and rescheduled again. So I love it. I'm so excited for you. So can you tell me what has it been like? I want to shift gears a little bit because I'm so curious. And this is when we, I was looking at notes for this conversation. I was like, holy cow, there's so many things I'm curious about and have questions about. So within the context of this family that you and Jen have created, this really unique family with Jen's ex-husband, can you share with us a little bit about parenting for children on the autism spectrum and a little bit about, I'm sure there's a huge range in terms of how their different disabilities show up and the different levels of support that they need. Can you talk a little bit about that? So in our family, what's somewhat surprising is that they are fairly, while they're very different children, they're fairly similar in their level of disability. So they are all significantly impacted. They will all need us for the rest of their lives. These are, they're very likely never going to live on their own. So, you know, people tend to think in terms of 
you know, speech capabilities, like are they verbal? Are they nonverbal? And that seems to be what most people want to know. And we kind of have a mixed bag there, but all of them really need a a pretty significant amount of help. And, you know, our house is, is unique. You can't exit our house without a key. For example, there are no doors that you can just use a quick deadbolt because one of the children would get out. There's a lot of safety things that we have in place that most families don't ever have to think about. Yeah, it's pretty, I almost don't know how to describe it because I don't have typical kids. I was just going to (laughs) say, it's the only thing you know. I mean, that is the really fascinating part for you. Not that it doesn't have challenges and really unique challenges, but for you, it's normal because every, like each child has its own unique set of needs and you're used to accommodating for all of that. Exactly. And what's really interesting is that my youngest, who is the youngest, and her son, who's the oldest, are the most alike. Oh, interesting. Like they're eerily similar in their kind of quirks, their, the way that they've developed. They have the same stems. Do you know what stems are? I, um, a little bit, but can you explain that for our listeners? So stems are kind of like self-stimulating behaviors, which can be anything from flapping hands, spinning in circles. Like those are kind of the typical things people think of with autism, but they both like line things up from smallest to biggest. They both Mm. just, they have all these little things that are so much alike. And it's funny because they're, they're not technically related. (laughs) Yeah. That is super interesting. So we always say that if they ever find out that there are like these different types of autism, those two have the same exact kind. Oh, that's fascinating. And so for your three children, what's the age range between how many years were those three children born in or across? So this is funny. My first and my last are five years apart to the day. They have the same birthday. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's fascinating. So you had five children under or five years and under. And did you know any of like, by the time you had the third, did you have awareness of the first two? So when I was pregnant with number two, number one was diagnosed. And she was actually diagnosed with something that was quite rare. It's not even, they kind of lumped it in now with all autism. But at the time, it was called childhood disintegrative disorder. Oh, I've never heard of that. And so she normally developed until about almost two and a half years old. And then she lost everything. Wow which was heartbreaking and very, very difficult. But at the time, they had never seen a case where somebody had that and then had a sibling with run-of-the-mill autism. So I was pregnant, but I wasn't too afraid. By the time I was pregnant with number three, number two was getting diagnosed. (laughs) So that was interesting. We've been studied. Wow. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I don't know this, and this might be a stupid question. So if you have one child with autism, are you more likely to have another child? Like, is that, is it typical or higher likelihood that you have more than one? Yes. So at the time when I was pregnant with my third, at that point in time, it was like 25% chance of the sibling having autism if they were a boy and a 9% chance if they were a girl. Those stats might be different now, but that was back in, you know, 2012. And so we were at first, not going to even find out if our third was a boy or a girl, but I decided to find out because I knew if it was a boy, we'd have an increased chance of autism. Mm. And I wanted to like deal with those feelings, not right after giving birth. Right, right. (laughs) So we ended up finding out another boy and I cried 
And he's the one where I say he was autistic from birth. Like we knew at six months old when he wasn't babbling the way other babies babble. What was it like over time, especially I would think like with having your third and seeing that now you're going to have three children with special needs. How did you internalize all that? Overwhelming and scary. Yeah. At the time I was, are you familiar with the Duggars? Yes. I mean, not like hugely familiar, but I know who they are. I haven't watched the show. I was going to have as many kids as the good Lord gave me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I did not know that's where you were going with that. Yeah. So number three with autism, I'm like, I'm out. I'm tapping out. We are shutting this down. And are you even like as the pastor's wife, I'm not, I hadn't even really considered this angle or this like layer, but were you even allowed to tap out as part of your like religious identity slash duty? No. (laughs) So we got into some fights about that one. Wow. And so then was he, did he ultimately agree? We got divorced not too long after. Oh, okay. Okay. That's how that (laughs) timeline worked. Yeah. So my other worked out. My my (laughs) other I mean, getting divorced is a form of birth control. So I'm curious, I'm thinking of this timeline of you with these three children, five and under, three diagnoses of autism. And just all of that, any mom would completely lose her identity because all you are able to focus on is taking care of these children. I'm I'm guessing. Was there, and you also said you were depressed. I'm just curious, like your potential, what I'm imagining, lack of identity seems to be, it seems like you wouldn't really have a clue who you were in any direction if, as you are trying to navigate daily life with these children who have so many needs. Absolutely. I think at the time I was just, I was autism mom. That was my identity. Everything I did was about that, which is kind of, dehumanizing. Yeah. (laughs) Both to them and to me. Right. Because it wasn't really fair of me to make my identity about them. Right. And their disability. And at the same time, it wasn't really fair to me to have that be the only thing that was my identity was all of my time. I don't think I was the best mom I could have been at that point, because that was all I was. This episode is supported by Gemist. Oh my goodness. Okay, so who can relate? When I go to get shampoo and conditioner, if I don't have a hair stylist, fancy person telling me what to get, I go for like a cute bottle that's like pink that smells kind of fruity. That's like my only criteria. I'm not saying it's the best way. It's not the best way. And my hair over this last year or so, because I've gotten real cheap about my shampoo and conditioner, because again, just a cute bottle, that's all that matters. Let's just be honest, the cute bottles, the cheap ones have cute bottles, like they make it very attractive. Okay, so here's the thing, the cheap bottles of shampoo and conditioner, not so great for my dry hair, for my frizzy hair, for my color treated hair that I actually spend a decent amount of money on. I have like, I have balayage, balayage, I never know how to say it, but I have blonde highlights in my hair. And you would think that with that investment that I would choose better shampoo and conditioner, but no, I'm very irresponsible. So I'm super pumped about my Gemist products because when I went to Gemist, I got to fill out their online quiz and then I got matched with shampoo and conditioner specific to my needs. So I got shampoo for conditioner 15. Those are the matches I got. Shampoo four provides a 53% increase in volume and makes my hair super smooth and shiny. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's also totally free of parabens, dyes, and sulfates. 
and it's safe for color-treated hair. And then my conditioner 15 decreases frizz by over 50%, even in high humidity, and strengthens hair by 76%, which is great as my hair gets a little bit longer to keep it strong. I am loving, loving, loving my Gemis matches. And I want you to go check them out too. If you're like, maybe I should be a big girl and like use a little bit better shampoo and conditioner than what's on the bottom shelf of the drugstore, Gemist is for you. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to their website. You're going to take the quiz. You're going to get the matches. And then for a super reasonable price, you get to do their Gemis Smart subscription so that your shampoo and conditioner show up on your doorstep without you running out first on the schedule that you choose that aligns with the schedule you currently have for your shampoo and conditioner. But like you're not having to cut open bottles and scrape out that last tiny little bit like I always have to do. So if you are ready to have the best hair of your life, try Gemist. Right now, my listeners can give Gemist a try and get 20% off their shampoo and conditioner smart subscription. Smart subscribers already save 20% on each order, so this is an amazing deal. And with free two-day shipping, you can have your new Gemist shampoo and conditioner here in just a few days. So go visit Gemist.com to get your personalized recommendation and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for 20% off your subscription and free two-day shipping. That's Gemist.com, G-E-M-M-I-S-T, Dot com and enter the code shameless at checkout to get the best hair of your life. And at the same time, I always talk about the role of family manager and how like after you have your first child, no one tells you that someone in the household needs to become the family manager because all it's not just like taking care of the baby. It's like there's all these other weird things that have to get done that to manage the household that didn't exist before having this baby and someone has to be in charge and it seems somehow to just like be the default it seems to default in a heterosexual relationship to the mom and so i'm imagining with three children and having special needs that the role of family manager just for like the healthcare elements alone <laughs> would be so extreme that even if you were like I don't want this to be my whole identity or I can see why this is not good for this to be my whole identity, but like someone has to be in charge of all of this and in order to just take care of all of the unique needs of our children. Absolutely. I mean, between speech therapy and occupational therapy and ABA therapy, and then, you know, we had to apply for social security disability for them because we didn't make hardly any money. We were very poor and all of that was me. As a pastor's wife, can I ask what a pastor is doing during all that time? Because I don't know, but I have assumptions. <laughs> so my assumptions are like the pastor has to be out being the pastor. So he's out being the community leader, which is only more suppressing to you. Well, he was not a head pastor. <laughs> so he had a little more time. He was a youth pastor. Okay. And we were in a very small church. Okay. So that was not something that he was actually making money doing. Okay. So there were probably about 50% of the time that we were married, he was employed outside of the church as well. Okay. So a lot was on your shoulders. Yes. Okay. Can you talk about, I know your children's disabilities were part of what inspired you to become an entrepreneur. And can you share, and this maybe leads us kind of from like this total loss of identity or lack of identity over time into finding something that does give you the space to be who you are. Yes. So when I was going through the divorce, like I said before, I had no degree, no way of earning money. I was terrified. And I basically realized I can't hold down a normal job. That's just not going to be possible with my kids having the significant needs that they have. 
So I realized I had to be my own boss, but that wouldn't be possible right out the gate. So I basically decided I would put myself back in school, take out as many student loans as I could, partially live off of them while working part time (laughs) and taking care of the kids. So for about two and a half years, I was a full time online student, worked part time as a front desk person at a massage envy and had custody of my kids 50-50, but still managed all of their healthcare and all of their school stuff. So I was very tired. (laughs) Do you look back? I feel like there's these phases in our lives where we like look back and we're like, I have no idea how I did that. Like, I just had to get up every day and do it and breathe. And then somehow it was over. Yeah. And you know, at the same time, I am also discovering myself as like a gay woman who missed out (laughs) on like my entire youth. So I'm like going to drag shows. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that feels like such a critical piece of all of this that like that you get to actually have joy and happiness too, even though things are super hard and overwhelming. Yes. So I would go out, go to a drag show come back home two in the morning, still a little tipsy and write a paper. Like, oh I, gosh. Just, I don't know how I got through that, to be quite honest. But also maybe because you were in such a liberated place compared to where you had been that like, it might have been like a few years on adrenaline. This episode is supported by Air Doctor. You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Yes, I think so. I think I was running on adrenaline and determination because there were a lot of people telling me I couldn't, right? Or I shouldn't. Mm. And that was fuel for me. Tell me I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are twins. <laughs> I love it. Like, please do doubt me because that is the surest way to make sure I will be successful. Exactly. So I basically had their voices in my head pushing me on. And I told myself when I started school, basically, I had until I graduated to think of a business. Mm. And sure enough, the month that I graduated, I started my business. Oh, my gosh. And tell us about your business. So the first business is Be Truly Social. It's a social media marketing and sales company. And, you know, I started like most people do, you know, doing free social media management the last like semester I was in school. And just doing what I could to prove myself so that I could start charging people (laughs) and just kind of grew from there. Now I've been doing it for five years almost and have a really great business that supports my family. And gives you the availability, the the space to be available for your children in a pandemic and otherwise. (laughs) Yes. And it's amazing. I feel like I chose just really the perfect route for me. It was online. I could do it from anywhere. And I've been very lucky that the pandemic didn't slow us down. Yeah. So feeling very, very glad that I chose that path years ago, because it ended up being really perfect for us. Yeah. So one of the things that I love that you're on social media, because this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about, so or that your work is in social media. So one of the things I noticed quickly after a mutual friend connected us was all the ways that you lean into your different identities in the online space, and live out loud in all the ways that you show up and which is my favorite thing about people and the thing that I, like, <laughs> that's how I literally that's like how I choose podcast guests. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you're like showing up as who you truly are. And in spaces where that might not always be 
welcome or where maybe there's been times where that has been repressed or maybe there's been times where you have been completely excluded or completely silenced. And so I see you living out loud in these different ways. And can you talk about leaning into your different identities? And we haven't even talked about race yet, but (laughs) (laughs) but you have all these different layers. And can you talk about living out loud and maybe even how that is in sharp contrast to your years as a pastor's wife? Right. So in some ways, when I started my business, it felt a bit almost like going back into that same world, because at least how I was introduced into this online space, it was fairly conservative. And I had people tell me to not be out. Oh, really? Yeah, they said it would hurt me. You know, don't get political. Don't right. Don't talk. Don't discuss sex or religion or politics. And this is literally all I am. So. Oh my gosh, <laughs> totally. Well, and it's funny because the group that we're in together, like that's literally all anyone talks about. <laughs> and yeah. so, and I think when you find yourself to a certain point into the right places online, you can't imagine that you wouldn't talk about those things. But you're so I'm like thinking back to, you know, 10 years ago when I got online. And I'm like, Oh, you're totally right. It was like, my experience with business coaching was white men trying to teach me how to sell fitness packages because I owned a gym at the time. Like, so 100%. It took me, you know, like six months before I was like, all right, I did not come out of the closet for this bullshit. And I just started slowly coming out of my shell and saying, this is who I am. And then after a while, I just like made it into a phrase where if it's gay, send it my way. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Because people would be like getting... Uh, leads for something that maybe they weren't comfortable with. And I'd be like, give it to me. I'll talk about all the things you're not supposed to talk about. Great. Yeah. And so it just became more and more of, you know, my online presence. I just said, I'm going to be myself. And surprise, surprise, I got more clients. <laughs> right? Like, that's the lesson. You, Of course, I'm sure you repelled people and you probably don't even remember or care. Because in comparison, the people that you attracted by showing up as you created so much space for you to have impact and also like live in joy. Absolutely. And, you know, what's funny to me is that even some of the same people that probably would give that advice of like, don't rock the boat too much. Mm -hmm. I'd meet those kinds of people and they would end up loving me. Yeah. And I actually have a little bit of a theory that like really, what you call it, uh, Sorry, I'm having one of those like moments where I cannot think of the word. <laughs> Take your time <laughs> or make up another word, whatever works. Um, like basically super corporate guys who like come into the entrepreneurship world, they love me and it amuses me to no end. Like all the bro marketers, that's what the word I'm thinking of is the bro marketers. Not necessarily super bro, but like having come out of corporate, like, kind of straight laced, right? Yeah, yeah. Because here I come, a girl with like a mohawk who just kind of blows away all of what they would expect me to do and say. Yeah. And they can't, they end up respecting it mm-hmm. because they'll be like, I need this, this, and that. And we're like, no, that's not how I work. <laughs> and then they respect me. They ask for a discount. No, I don't give discounts. And then they end up respecting me. So, I think some of them like being told no. And like, this is my way. This is how I do things. This is who I am. I think it attracts them. Mm -hmm. I love that. Have you had, tell me about resistance, haters, naysayers, 
like do you butt up against that regularly no i don't travel in circles with people who are not going to respect me and i ran into a couple of situations mostly in person actually uh where where people were obviously uncomfortable and said rude things to me Mm. i had one guy basically say there's no such thing as gay and I just hadn't found the right man yet because no one's ever said that before. Right. <laughs> and this was at a like professional event. Wow. And I'm the unprofessional one. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. The irony. So I just ignored him and went about my life. But yeah, I haven't run into that much, but I've been intentional about where I spend my time. Yeah. I think that's really crucial where you spend your time. And I also think when you lead with your identity and the different layers of your identity and people just know that's who you are, then you don't have to do the work of wondering if they're going to find anything out because you've led with that. And I know people, it's so funny to me. I have a lot of other women in podcasting who will, who are kind of in like the mom space, specifically the white cisgender mom space and which that's like the entire mom space almost and <laughs> but they'll come to me and they'll say how do you like you when you talk you talk you're so pol first of all they say I'm so political they basically say I'm so political because I talk about Black Lives Matter <laughs> which is in my mind not political but anyway but it's fascinating to me and they're always very complimentary and a lot of it is coming from like I want to talk about these things in my space, but it feels really risky and really scary. And like, what am I going to do if either I lose people or pe I upset people? And how do we manage that? And my feedback is always that I like when people come into my space, they're actually not disrespectful because they're not surprised because mm -hmm. when they go to look at the description for my show or they go to look at anything I've posted on Instagram in the last month or anything I talk about on the show, it's very clear who I'm creating content for and the kind of space I'm building. And so it's not surprising when something horrible happens and there's a media story and then I have a response to it. Right. And that I take a stand on it. Like that's nobody's surprised by that because I've always led with that. And so I think that, and I, it's funny and I'm curious if you do this as well. I'm constantly updating things on my site and things in different spaces to be even more and more like this is a show for progressive moms or like this is a safe place for these people or like all these different things to be make it more and more clear that like if you love Donald Trump, you're not going to be happy here. So don't like, like just like I may as well just put that sentence on there. <laughs> To becomes more the more clear and explicit I am as a business owner, then people decide before they decide whether or not they want to engage before they even have the opportunity to come and be gross. Right. And I'm yeah, I think by putting it out there all the time, it's, you know, Jen says this often, she taught me this phrase, set expectations early. Yeah, if you are always that person, the expectations are there, they know who you are. And What's really interesting is I did not have any issues about really being like loudly gay, loudly political, loudly Hispanic, loudly all these things. The thing I was most scared of was when we started selling sex toys. Oh, which I'm so glad you said that because I was going to bring that up. And I want to say and before we go into that, because that's exactly where I want to go next. So the other thing I want to make sure that I honor in this conversation is that when I decide to talk about something that might be controversial. The risk for me as a 
cisgender white woman is very low and it's like basically my ego is the only thing at stake and i want to really honor that for you that's different and what's at risk for you to come up and talk about your sexuality is very different or to talk about your race is very different and so i think it's really important that we honor that because i don't want to make it sound like those two things are the same at all i know that it's much more safe for me and so that i'm sure that you feel that differently as well it's definitely a scale because I am a white passing. I can pass as white. I can pass as straight. So I also feel like it's not that risky for me in comparison to many other people. But I totally, so I totally agree with what you're saying. And I get that. Yeah. But yeah, I think for me also, when we did, when I did transition into talking some about like sex and sex toys and, oh, you know, those things, I then became afraid of not being a model gay Hispanic, you know, like. Oh, interesting. I was worried I would paint us all with this same brush, right? I became exactly what they thought, the feminist, you know, who is now selling sex toys because I'm trying to corrupt children. I don't know. Um, (laughs) And this is your business that you have with Jen, right? Is that one of the two businesses you have together? Yes. Okay. So that business is called Box Bar. And we basically, this was like the longest lead time that we had for any of our businesses, because this is the one that kind of meant a lot to us in a personal sense. And really, it was sort of the culmination of what started many years ago with me discovering that I was gay and wanting to, like, be happy. We started working on this as sort of a project of empowerment and wanting to help women take charge of their own sexuality. And you know, the orgasm gap, like we want to help close the orgasm gap and all of those things. And so it's actually, can you explain what that means? So there is a gap basically statistically between men and women and orgasms during sex or just in general, women are much less likely to have orgasms period. Right. And you know, that's just so unfair. Right. (laughs) And I will say, I think all the studies are pretty much like cis leaning. There's not as much studies. So forgive me for saying women. And when I mean cis women, they're just because I don't, that's, that hasn't been studied as much. But yeah, so we decided to create a store for all women that was focused on like fewer products so that people could really feel free to like explore, but not be overwhelmed and make something prettier. And so obviously you can tell this store is like my baby now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is it low? Is it brick and mortar or online or both? It's online. Okay. Only. And so, yeah, th- this was very personal. And so that made it so much scarier mm. to like bring out into the world and let people know about. And, and I think it's hard because when you're gay and you live in the South, people tend to kind of reduce you to sex. Yeah. And so I worried that I was doing harm to my community by being this loud out person who has a sex toy store. Mm. Because am I playing into that? Right. But, you know, I kind of have to believe, you know, the majority of our customers are straight women. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that has really surprised us. I was going to say, and I'm guessing that wasn't necessarily your target market. It's not surprising, I guess, in some way. We were really focusing on appealing to kind of like suburban moms, whether they be straight or 
gay or cis or trans. Like that's kind of the area that we were looking for because it's, these are the people who are least comfortable, you know, going to hustler.com right. and <laughs> finding something for themselves. Right. So we wanted to create a space that was for them to shop and would not just be for the male gaze, but be for their pleasure. I love this. And how long have you had this business? We've only been open since the beginning of February. Oh my gosh, it is like, it is a new baby. Yes, which is why I'm like, just going on and on about it. So I'm very excited and passionate about it. And I think it's kind of taken, like I said, it's this culmination. Our motto is make yourself happy. Mm, I love it. And what a great, I mean, this kind of wraps us right back to where we started, like that you didn't know that seeking happiness was a thing or something you were allowed to go after or desire. And now here you are uh, seven years later. Is it seven years later? Is that right? Mm -hmm. And here you are seven years later. And not only have you done that in all these areas of your life in terms of building a new family and building a business and going back to school and all of these things, but also in building this specific business around creating happiness for women and sexuality and sex. Exactly. Very, very cool. I know we're out of time. This has been so good. I feel like I could talk to you for another two hours about (laughs) so many things. Um, So tell people where I have one more question for you. But before that, I want you to tell people where they can find you and find all the things. So if you are looking for just me and be truly social, it's at be truly social on all the platforms. If you are looking for box bar, it's at the box bar and box is spelled with two X's. Love it. B-O-X-X-B-A-R. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then I have websites for Be Truly Social here. Do you have a website for the Box Bar? Yes. So it's. I'll, I'll send it to you after so you can put it in the show notes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so we will have everything linked in the show notes. So if people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Sabrina Torres, and then we'll have everything linked there so people can just click right through. Okay. Sabrina, this has been so awesome. My final question for you, the final question I ask everyone is how are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? I am showing up as a shameless mom by being my full self and, you know, embracing all these different aspects of myself and putting them out into the world and being authentic. Yes, I love it. I mean, as evidenced by everything that you're doing. (laughs) I feel like we don't need to look any further than that. So good. Sabrina, thank you so much. I'm so glad this worked out. I've been really looking forward to this conversation and I'm really, really excited to share it with the world. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.